welcome. Well, everybody, today you are in for a treat. Let me let you know what's going on in the next couple of weeks. So next week is Mother's Day, everybody. So all of you... Um, Everybody with a mom in here that, uh, I know Mom's Day can be hard for a lot of people. Um, it also can be a time of celebration, you know, hard for those of you that maybe have lost your mom. Or, but it's also a time of celebration for those of you who want to celebrate your mom. We're going to have an incredible Mother's Day uh, next week. My very own wife, Tatum, is going to be bringing God's word to us next week. I said that out loud, Tatum. You're, you're on the hook now. Um, no, she can't wait. And then the following week, we're going to start a very important series together that we're calling, we're, we're, we've called AKA, also known as. We're going to be looking at the names of God. Now listen, you, you've got to get here. Let me, let me lead you on a journey over about six to seven weeks looking at the different names of God. In the Old Testament, they would call out, you see the word Lord, but behind that word is actually a name. And they would call out on specific names of God. In, in different times of their life. And I'm gonna teach you how to, it's called invoking the names of God. God, this is who you are. Therefore, will you answer in this way? And we're gonna be looking at together in a series that we've called AKA, Getting to Know God in a New Way. And I'm telling you, you're gonna love it. But for today, everybody, you're in a tr for a treat. Well, Tate and I for a long time been praying that God would bring us uh, a ministry couple that had the, the same heart as we had that could run with horses because that's what we like to do around here that had a vision to to impact not just a few but to impact thousands to see a nation changed and that could run alongside us and we've been praying for a long time about a year ago God promised us that he had somebody for us um, it was spoken over us that God would bring us a couple in about a year well go about a year later and God brought us this incredible couple. If you've gotten to know them, it's Trey and Kayla Roberts who have joined our team. We love them so much. So I've been looking for a spot to uh, let Pastor Trey loose on our church a little bit and to preach God's word. So this morning, everybody, would you please help me welcome Pastor Trey Roberts, our very own. <laughs> oh, come on. Can we give God some praise this morning? Oh, come on. I know it's 9 a.m., but I just think we ought to take a minute, and I know we just worshiped and we just got our praise on, but I think it's, I would be remiss if I didn't just take an opportunity just to give God the praise that he deserves. Uh, you may be thinking like, ah, oh, it's, it's not that good. I don't, I don't get it, Dustin. I don't get why you're up here and you're so happy and you're smiling. I, I don't get it. But I know where I've been. Come on, I, I know who I used to be. And I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. So it's worth giving God some praise. Oh, come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Come on, five seconds. Let's just get five seconds. Give him your best praise this morning. Come on. Man, it is such an honor to be here with you this morning and be able to give, uh, bring the word. I also want to make sure, um, I don't know, he's, he's gone back to, to fix something, I, I, I saw, there he is, right there, there he is, I, I just want to, I want to say this, that um, a, about a year ago, uh, a little little less than a year ago, I was on a, a Zoom call with uh, Pastor Chris and Tatum, and and uh, I got off the call not knowing what God was doing, not knowing where we were going, Kayla and I and our family, we were just feeling in a season of transition, we felt like God was calling us um, to, to take a step, and uh, I got off that call, I said, I don't know what, what God's doing. I don't know if anything's going to come of it. 
but I know that we need them in our lives. And uh, it is an honor to be able to serve the vision that God has given Pastor Chris and Tatum. Can we take a second and just honor our pastor? Come on. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. We love you, we love you. I don't know if you know this, but but Tatum and, and Jess, they, they just ran from San Diego to Huntington Beach this weekend and then showed up in church this morning. Come on. They literally, they just ran here. They started Friday and then they just ran here this morning. Come on, are, are, you, uh, are you ready for the word? Oh, come on. I, uh, I want us to go to Joshua, book of Joshua. If you brought your Bibles, if you didn't, that's okay. Maybe your Bible is illuminated, that's okay too. You can just swipe over to Joshua. If not, um, I think we've got big Bibles on the screens right here. We're gonna throw the verses up for you. Joshua chapter three, Joshua chapter three. And I'm gonna read verse five, then I'm gonna jump down to verse 14 and read 14 through 17. All right, sound good? I've got the mic, I'm gonna do it anyway. All right, Joshua chapter three, verse five. Here we go. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Somebody say amazing things. I'm gonna drop down to verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam, while the water flowing down to the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Verse 17, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we love you. God, we just pray that you would meet us right here, that you would speak to us. God, that you do what only you can do, throw your weight around the room, just, just show up this morning. Let us not leave the same way we walked in. Let us leave different. Let us leave changed. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Dustin. I'm calling this message, uh, Get a Life. Get a Life. Why don't you find three people, tell them, get a life. Get a life. Get a life. Now, now before you, you get offended, let me explain, explain what I mean by that. Um, do you remember when watching television was simple? Like, like you didn't so much ask, like, what do you want to watch as much as you asked what's on, right? <laughs> Come on. You remember, like, watching where, it, and then there came a stage where satellite TV came into play, and then all these channels started becoming available, and you had hundreds of channels to choose from. Then we experienced the phenomenon called uh, channel surfing, right? You remember, remember channel surfing, Channel serving, trying to find something. You're just, you're just clicking through the channels until something jumps out at you, grabs your attention, and that's something I'm gonna stick around for. Now, now we have all these streaming services, right? You got 
you got Prime Video, you got Disney Plus, you got Netflix, HBO Max, you got YouTube TV, you got all these different streaming options. Is anybody like me, like you try to sit down with your spouse to find something to watch and then you need counseling by the time it's over? Come on. I would suggest that I would submit to you that um, with all of these options to watch, uh, it's impossible to find anything to watch, right? We sometimes end up just watching the Andy Griffith show. Like, that's just, we just go, my kids, my kids love it. Go on. Y'all watch Andy Griffith show in here in California? Okay. Come on. And now our kids have opinions about what to watch. Like, I hate it. I miss the days where we told them their opinions, right? So we, we want to have a family movie night, and we need therapy by the end of it. It's just, it, it's impossible. I, I think that some, I think there's a lot of people in life that are treating life this way, where we're just kind of scrolling through. We're just trying to find something of meaning. We're trying to find something of purpose, of value. We're trying to find something worth investing our life into, investing our time into. We're trying to find something that, that, that jumps out of us, something that, that, that speaks to us. We're just trying to find a life that matters. And, and I would submit to you today that the only life that's worth living is a life that God intends for you to live. Oh, come on, you got to do, but listen, I, I, need to, I need to tell you something. I, I have a, a, a bit of a charismatic Pentecostal background, so I need you to talk back to me this morning, all right? I, uh, I, I had our teams uh, grab some flags and tambourines if you want to grab, I'm kidding, kidding, we don't, don't have that today, don't worry. But I, I believe that the only way to live the life, God, that, that is really worth living is to live the life, not that we plan, and not that we can devise, but the life that God plans, and the, God, the life that God intends for us to live. So I wanna talk to people today who kind of feel stuck. I kind of feel like I'm just in this, this process of just scrolling through life. Like, I'm not a bad person, I'm just, like I just haven't, I haven't been able to step into what I feel like God's calling me to step into. I haven't been able to just live a fulfilled life. I haven't, I don't really feel like my life is everything that I feel like it could or should be. That's who I want to talk to today. Somebody say, get a life. We find ourselves in Joshua 3. In Joshua 3, the children of Israel are on the brink all right, they're on the brink of stepping into the promised land, the land that was promised to these people. And, and they have been on a journey of wandering the wilderness for about 40 years. God delivered, come on, do you, you remember the story? Uh, God speaks to Moses, they're in Egyptian slavery. They're spending uh, hundreds of years in Egyptian slavery, about 400 years in captivity, God speaks to Moses. Maybe you saw, we watched the, the movie this week. I was just preparing, preparing for this. This is where I get my, my uh, study. I just watch movies. I'm just kidding. It just was on and made me think about it. The Prince of Egypt. Anybody seen Prince of Egypt? Come on. Or maybe you didn't watch it. Maybe you watched like the Christian Bale version, the Exodus. But, but, or maybe you grew up in Sunday school. Come on, somebody. That, that, that you know the story of 
Exodus and the children of Israel being rescued from slavery. God miraculously saves them. He gets them out of Egypt. And and the goal is to go to the promised land. And it takes them, at this point, Joshua 3, 40 years to get there. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but this is significant because it should have only taken about two weeks. Have you ever been on a trip that took way longer than you, than you expected? It should have only taken them about two weeks. And, and 40 years later, they're finally on the brink of stepping into what God has for them. Why? Because they had been here before, 40 years earlier. They made it to this moment, and Moses sent 12 spies into the land to check it out, right? He sends these guys in to scope it out, see what it's about, see what they're up against, what they're going to need to face, and, and, and they come back. Ten, two of the spies say, yeah, if God said we can take it, we can take it. Ten of the spies come back and say, it's too much. It's too big. It's too difficult. There's giants in the land. Like, our enemies are over there. They're, they're, they're going to kill us. We we, we could have died in Egypt. We came here to die. Like, it's, it's too much. And so Moses decides that we're not going to possess the land. And here's what you need to know, that the children of Israel at that moment settled for less than God intended for them. And here's the truth for our lives, that God will let you live on whatever level you settle for. God will let you live on whatever level you settle for. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they, they came back and said, we can take it. The 10 convinced Moses that they couldn't. Because I want to say it like this, the God you see is the God you get. Let me say that again. The God you see is the God you get. We, we can serve the same God, have two different experiences. Same God, different experiences. We see this in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, Jesus goes back to his hometown. You'll remember this story. He goes back to his hometown, and the Bible says he's not able to perform many miracles there. Why? Because their faith had settled in this familiarity. They were like, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that Joseph's boy? Like, I changed his diapers. Like, I, I, he run around with my boy. I, because the God you see is the God that you get. The Bible says he was not able to perform many miracles there. So he just laid hands on a few sick people and they got healed. Why? Because they saw something the others didn't. Some people saw a carpenter's son. Others saw God's son. Some people saw a carpenter. Others saw a Christ. If you see a carpenter, you get your house fixed. If you see a Christ, you get your life fixed. Come on. Because the God you see is the God you get. The God you see is the God you get. And, and I believe, I believe that God's wanting to shift some perspectives this morning. I think he's wanting to, to change the way you see things this morning. Same God, different experiences. Same God, different experiences. I just... I don't want you to settle for less than God's best for your life. I just, I don't want you to settle for less than what God intends for you to have. So the children of Israel settled for a level that was less than God's plan for them. So they had to then wander in the wilderness. They spent about 40 days scoping out the land. 
They decided not to take it. God said, you're going to wander for the next 40 years. In fact, Moses, you're not even going to get to go into the land. Joshua, you're going to take them into the promised land. I think in Joshua 3, there are some keys that we can take that show us how to possess everything God has for us, how to get the life God intends for us to have. Anybody want the life God intends for you to have? All right, Joshua 3, I I want to pull our our points, our keys from this text, and the first one is this. It's found in verse 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Consecrate today for tomorrow. Have you ever noticed that our timeline and God's timeline are often not the same? Oh, come on, somebody like you, you, my plan, my timeline, and God's timeline often look drastically, drastically different. Notice, notice, God said, I, I'm not doing anything today. I'm not doing, I'm from, I'm from the south. I ain't doing nothing today, is what God said. He said, I ain't doing nothing today. And this bothers me. This bothers me because they had waited like, Almost at this point, almost 500 years from the time God gave Abraham the promise to this moment, almost 500 years to live the life God intended for them to live. And he's saying, not yet. Not yet. Oh, that, that bothers me. I think, it, I think God does this sometimes to stretch us. What do you think? You think God, God maybe stretch, uses this to stretch us sometimes because we live in America where we want everything right now, right? We put popcorn in the microwave and then stare at it, right? Like, I hate preheating the oven. Like, why, why can it not just go to 400? Like, why? I don't understand. I hate it. We go to a drive-thru. Y'all, we go to, through a drive-thru where someone is going to serve us in our car, we don't even have to get out. There's three people in line, and we're just like, it's my pleasure. Because we want it right now. But how many of you know that even though we may not see something happening right now, that we serve an intentional God? We, we serve an intentional God. So, so when God's doing something he's telling us about, he's simultaneously doing something he hasn't told us about. When he's let us in on what he's doing, he's simultaneously doing something he hasn't let us in on. He's intentional. That means when he's doing something, he's doing something. And when he's not doing something, he's doing something. Oh, come on, that's going to set somebody free tonight who's been you've, been, you've been sitting there just wondering, God, what are you doing? I'm not seeing it move. I've been praying. I've been believing. I'm, need, I'm ready to take my next step in what, what's going on. And you just need to know when he's doing something, he's doing something. And when he's doing nothing, he's doing something. So I can praise him when he's doing something because he's doing something. And I can praise him when he's doing nothing because he's doing something. Come on, somebody. He's intentional. He's intentional. I believe this is very difficult in our society, in our culture, because we look at it as every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So 
I do something, I expect the result. I do something, I expect to see. We bring this into the church, right? Like, I, I tithed. Where are the floodgates? Right? Like, I said yes. Why is everything not working out? I came to church like three times in a row. Why is my life not better? But we serve an intentional God. You know, you, you have to look at it like this. It's the reason we get frustrated so many times when we're not seeing the thing moving or the thing happening is because we don't have the right perspective. It's called the perception principle. Meaning this, where you sit determines what you see. And where you see what you see determines what you do. Where you sit determines what you see. What you see determines what you do. So I was driving our kids to school one day. And this was just, you ever have just those, those days where like everything just works in the morning? Like it's, it's rare, right? But the kids get up in time. You know, you're not killing Jess. It's like, no, never. I've never had one of those days. <laughs> so Kayla and I, we, we just, we, it worked where we could just both take the kids to school that morning. And we we're just having a great day. Relax, like, it was just a good morning, easy. And we pull up to this, this traffic light, and there's this car in front of me. And I see this mom in the driver's seat. And she is, she's like reached back at her child in the car seat. And she is like. I mean, just like going at it with this with this kid. I mean, like now, I told you I'm from the South, so this may be controversial, but um, you can spank your kid in the South. In fact, everyone else has permission to spank your kid as well. But this this was something else. She was just I mean, you could just see her just just going going at it, and I like it was make it. It, it bothered me so much. I get my phone. I'm, I'm about to call the cops. Like I, this crazy woman. I'm I'm about to call the cops. So the light turns green. We follow her. Turns out she goes to the same school that we're taking our kids to. And I'm like, what? They're like we got a crazy lady that goes to our school. Like we gotta do something about this. And we're Kayla and I. We're having this conversation, like freaking out. Then we we finally pull up right behind her. I'm mean, ready to call the cops on her and get out and go talk to her. And and she gets out, and I say, oh, she goes to our church. And I know that she wouldn't do that to her kid. And, and what's that in her hand? Oh, she has a toy in her hand. What? What? It turns out she was just trying to entertain her child in the car seat so she's not freaking out at the traffic light, right? And, and for, but because where I sat, I saw something different. Oh, come on, this is good preaching. Where you sit determines what you see. So because I was sitting in a different position, I saw something that wasn't happening. And here's where we get frustrated when God's not moving, when things aren't happening, when things aren't shaking, is because we don't see what God sees. And we don't see what God sees because we don't sit where God sits. The Bible says that his ways are higher than my ways, and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't see what he sees. I, I see, like, this, this means I, I don't always understand what God is doing because I'm not seeing what he's seeing. 
because I'm not sitting where he's sitting. See, I see to the corner, God sees around the corner. I see today, God sees tomorrow. <laughs> and sometimes I'm, I'm confused about what God is doing in my today, not realizing that God is doing something in my today because of what's getting ready to happen in my tomorrow. Does this make sense? Is this helping anybody? So God says, I'm not going to let you get that promotion today because I'm doing something tomorrow. I'm not going to let you say I do today because of something I see in tomorrow. I, I'm not going to let you sign the contract on that house today because of something I see tomorrow. Come on, he, he sees what we don't see. Sometimes we're not ready for tomorrow. We see this in Exodus. Actually, when, when God is, is taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, uh, he said, the Bible says that he didn't lead them in the way of Philistine country, even though it was shorter. Because, he said, if they face war, they may turn back and go to Egypt. So he led them to the Red Sea. You see, because we see things, we may be looking at something from our perspective, looks like an opportunity. But from God's perspective, it looks like a trap. Because some doors are trap doors. Come on, some things that we're looking at, God's saying, no, no, I don't want you to take that door because it's a trap door. Because we can look at the same thing and not see the same thing. We can look at the same thing and not see the same thing. This is what happens in, in John 11, right? The story of Lazarus. Lazarus is sick, and, and, the, and, and his sisters send word to Jesus, hey, you need to hurry up and get here because he's dying. Like, this is bad. And the Bible says that, that what they saw as an emergency, Jesus didn't see as an emergency. His timeline's different than our timeline. His perspective's different than our perspective. In fact, it says that he stayed where he was two more days. And he didn't even get to Lazarus until he had been in the tomb for four days. Why? Because what God sees is different than what we see. And some of us are living, we have so many frustrated Christians because we, what we're seeing and what we're wanting and what we're expecting God to do, he's not doing, and it's because we don't see it the same way he sees it. He says, you, you view it as dead, I see it as sleeping. We've got a different perspective. So he says, consecrate today for tomorrow I'll do amazing things. Now, I know that's a super churchy word, consecrate, like it's, we don't use that word a lot. Let me just give you a definition of what that means. It says, to make or declare sacred. To dedicate to a divine purpose. So, so dedicate today. Dedicate today. View today as sacred, even though it may not be spectacular. Oh, that's so good. Y'all weren't ready for that one. Y'all weren't ready for that one. View today as sacred, even though it may not be spectacular. I have to see today as supernatural, even though it's not sensational. And we get this messed up in church sometimes. Because we, we, we go to a service and we think if it's spectacular, then it's supernatural. Right? Like, I've heard people say, well, man, that was such a good service. Like, like that, man, that, 
That was such a good word, like such a strong service. Really, what was the message about? Uh, I don't remember, but I was on my feet, and I was clapping. I was hyped. Because we've confused supernatural with spectacular. And here's the problem. This messes us up because whenever life isn't spectacular, we think God's not in it. Whenever life isn't amazing, we think God must not be in this. But I would argue that those are some of the most sacred times of your life. Mom changing those diapers. I know it's not sensational. I know it's not spectacular, but it's sacred. I, I, I know going to the same job over and over again, doing the same thing. I know it's not spectacular, but it can be supernatural. I know sitting down with the kids and just talking to them about their day isn't spectacular, but it's sacred. And God is saying you can't get amazing until you consecrate today. Will you do the things today that will prepare you for tomorrow? Will you do the things, even though they're not special, even though they're not sensational, even though they're not spectacular, will you do the things today that you won't even see the benefit of them today? I love having man night, movie night with, with my boys. Not because it really does anything special for them today. Like we watch a Rocky movie and we get wings and, you know, we just, we hang out. We have, that, that's it. But I do it not because I'll see the benefit today, but so that when they have kids, they remember that dad took time with me, so I'm going to take time with my kids. And, and it's, I, I'm doing it today for tomorrow. And they may not even like see the benefit today. But later, when they're making all this money and giving it to their dad, they're going to remember that, come on, we can dream, right? Come on, I prophesy it in Jesus' name. <laughs> but I do it today for tomorrow. Consecrate today. Dedicate today. Number two. Number two. Follow his presence. Follow his presence. So if you want to walk in and step in the life God intends for you, you've got to dedicate today. And then you've got to follow his presence. I won't read these, but uh, verses 6, 11, 13, 14, and 15 of Joshua 3 are all basically saying the same thing. Follow the ark. Follow the ark of the covenant into the promised land. The ark of the covenant represents the presence of of God. If you've never seen Indiana Jones, the ark is this, uh, this piece of furniture that was overlaid with gold, and it was on two poles that, uh, that the priest could carry two on each end. And uh, it was this heavy, heavy piece of furniture, and this was where the presence of God rested in the Old Testament. Follow the ark. Follow the presence. Joshua says, follow the presence. This is important because in church culture today, we can really get focused on pursuing our purpose. And the children of Israel, I'm sure, were really ready to get into the promised land that God had given. Like, they're ready. We've been wandering. Our entire generation has died off in this wilderness. An entire generation has been waiting on this. And, and I'm ready to go where God wants me to go. And, and, and this is 
This is difficult because I believe in purpose. I believe God has a divine purpose for every single person in this room, every person watching online. There is a divine purpose for you. But I I need to say it like this. um, Don't pursue purpose at the expense of his presence. Don't pursue the plan at the expense of his presence. The nation of Israel's purpose was to possess the promised land. That's a lot of peas. <laughs> Can't believe I got that out. Uh, that was their purpose. But Joshua says, hey, hey, follow his presence. Don't worry about where you're going. Follow his presence. I think sometimes the reason we never walk in the life God intends for us is because we get this twisted. We think that we can achieve and accomplish and work ourselves to death and still feel like we still feel like we're coming up empty sometimes. You don't understand, I'm I'm doing what I think God's calling me to do. Like I'm pursuing the purpose. I want to know God's plan for me. I'm praying for his, his plan. But you can walk in purpose and abandon presence. You can walk in your purpose and abandon presence. It's like this. It's like um, if I try to chase my shadow, like I can keep trying to, to chase it and grab it, but every time it's constantly, it's constantly moving, and, and I can try to pursue it and I can try to chase it, but I'm always going to come up empty. But if I chase the sun... My shadow will follow me everywhere I go. And I just want to tell you like this. If you will just pursue his presence, your purpose will follow you all the days of everywhere you go, you'll walk in purpose. If you just pursue his presence, just follow his presence, you won't be able to hide from purpose when you follow his presence. What does this mean? Um, The children of Israel, they had to... They had to follow behind the ark, and the Bible says follow about half a mile away, about half a mile back. Why? That's so that if, if the ark moved left, the people could move left. And if the ark moved right, the people could move right. It was important that they didn't outpace the presence of God. And I think we do this in our lives many times, we outpace the Holy Spirit. We get out of line and out of rhythm with what the Holy Spirit is doing and what the Holy Spirit is saying. You've got to get in line and get in rhythm and in pace with the Holy Spirit. Don't be hurrying, don't be rushing, don't be trying to get to the next thing, don't be trying to, to, to hurry and, and see what God wants to do and try to hurry and make it happen on your own and open doors on your own and, and don't, don't hurry. I would argue that hurry is the enemy of your destiny. That hurrying out of rhythm, out of pace with the Holy Spirit is the enemy of walking in everything God has for you. I love John, John Mark Comer said in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, says this, that the solution to an overbusy life is not more time, it's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. Follow his presence. 
follow his presence. He goes on to say that hurry is violence on the soul. I, I, need, to, I need to get in pace with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need to get in line and in rhythm. So what does that mean? That means, that means uh, God, if you're not in it, I'm not in it. God, if you don't say it, I'm not going. If you're not moving, I'm not moving. And when you move, I move. <laughs> Shout out to Ludacris. <laughs> Come on. That's like a handful of you got it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we see this all throughout the Bible where, where people are trying to get out ahead of what God is doing. In Acts 1, Jesus tells them, hey, guys, wait for the Holy Spirit. And they're like, are, are, so are, are you going to do this? Are we getting ready to do this? Is this about to happen? He's like, it's not up to you to know when. You just need to wait on the Holy Spirit. I feel like that's what God is saying to many of us today. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Are you even asking the Holy Spirit what step you need to take? Are you even asking what is next? Come on, what does the Holy Spirit say about taking that job? What does the Holy Spirit say about dating that girl? What does the Holy Spirit say about having that conversation with your kid? You've got to follow his presence. It's all throughout Scripture, Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and then they follow me. Isaiah 30, 21. This is the way. Walk in it. Follow his presence. Follow the presence. You know, we miss the joy of Christianity. We miss the joy of Christianity when we view Christianity as what I can get from it. Like when we view it as the self-help, Jesus is my life coach. It's about a relationship. It's about being in his presence. If you want to live a fulfilled life, get in his presence. John 17 says this, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. This is what life is about, is knowing God, being in his presence, walking in and with the Holy Spirit. So if you want to possess the life God has for you, that God intends for you, dedicate today. Get in line, get in rhythm, follow the presence of God. And then we see that Joshua goes to the priests and keys can come up. Joshua goes to the priests and tells them, um, Hey, guys, uh, tomorrow we're going to cross. So you're going to go get the ark, and you're going to put it on your shoulders, and then go stand out in the water. All right, see ya. And that's it. Like, that's all he gives them. That's all he tells them. And Joshua was a bad dude, all right? He was a warrior, much like myself. He was a, <laughs> you didn't have to laugh that much. Tatum was like the first one laughing. So they're like, yeah, okay, pastor, <laughs> we got it. And they're looking at each other like, it's a blood stage. Like, what's, what's he, th this guy's crazy. 
you have to understand that the river at this point, um, it was normally about three feet deep and 10 feet wide. And during harvest, it's at flood stage. So at flood stage right now, it's really about uh, 500 feet wide and about 10 feet deep. And Joshua tells them, put this heavy, golden overlaid box on your shoulders and go out in the water. Okay. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Three services. (laughs) Another campus. This guy's, this guy's crazy. This is what they're feeling. That's all he gives them. Go out in the water. Now, if you know your Bible, you remember um, the last time the children of Israel had to face a body of water that was in their way was the Red Sea when they were leaving Egypt. And this was different because Moses walked up to the water and put his staff up in the air and the water split and he never got wet. And he's telling them, go stand out in the water. Moses is gone. Joshua, like, where's your stick? You know, like, you don't, you go out first. Moses went first, you go first. Pastor, you go. Joshua says, get the ark and go. I think so many times we miss what God wants to do in our lives because we're expecting it to look like it looked like before. We want him to do the same thing and God's want to do a new thing. He says, go stand out in the water. So here's the key, here's the key. To get the life God has for you, God intends for you. Dedicate today, follow his presence, and then three, go all in. Go all in. Go all in. Go all in. Some of you have been sitting on the sidelines for too long. Go all in. Come on, some of you have been kicking around, kicking the tires, just checking this thing called church out, and it's time for you to go all in. Come on, you want to see what God can do through you. You want to see the miraculous. You want to see the amazing things God can do with your life. Go all in. Go all in. They had to get in the water before the waters parted. And they didn't part where they stood. They, they, they stopped and cut off upstream and the rest flowed down. So they were getting wet. Well, they, were, they were all in. And it's when you go all in that God shows up. It's when you decide to take a step in faith, even though I don't see it yet, even though I don't know how it's going to work out, I'm going to go all in because I want the life God has for me. Go all in. I think that there's many of us, there's many of us that need to shift our perspective from what I'm not experiencing and just say, God, I'm gonna dedicate today. I'm I'm gonna do the hard thing today, even though I don't see the benefit today. I'm, I'm gonna... I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep stepping. And then I'm just, I'm just going to dedicate today. For some of us, it's, 
man, you've been, you've been trying to, to pursue your purpose and you've been trying to do what God's called you to do, but you, you've been leaving his presence behind. For some of you today, it's that you, you gotta get back in line. You gotta get back in rhythm, get back in his presence, get synced up with his presence. But I think for many of us in the room, I think God's calling you to go all in. I think God's calling many of you to jump in a C group. Oh, here you go, Trey. I knew you were, you were going. I knew there was a catch to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unapologetically, you need to join a C group. There are many of you, you've been sitting in the seats, and I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here, and you can keep coming. You can keep sitting. But I think if you want to see what God can do through you, you need to join a C team. You need to go all in. Go all in. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm closing. I want to pray for you this morning. For those of you that say, I, just, I need to take a step. I need to, I need to take a step. I, I've been... Uh, I've been trying to figure this thing out. I've been trying to just handle it on my own. I've been just trying to make it happen, make things work, make things happen. And I've been coming up empty. I feel like life is just a constant scroll trying to find the thing that makes sense and the thing that fulfills me. And I just wanna challenge you today to, to ask God, God, is it, is it that I need to, is it that I just need to focus on today? Is it that I need to get back in your presence? Is it, is it that I just need to go all in? So just for a moment, I just want you to ask God where you are. Where are you at with this? What, what's he speaking to you? What's he saying to you? What, what do you need to do today? And then as I pray for you, I just want you to commit to God. Just right there where you are, just commit to him. I'm going to take that step. I'm going to take that step today. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much. Thank you for every person in the room. Every person in the room, every person watching online, every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would speak to them. Holy Spirit stir in their heart, point out where it is that they need to take a step, where, where it is that, that they need to grow, that they need to move. God, I just pray that, that if, it's, if it's to go all in, God, I just pray that they would go all in today. They wouldn't hesitate. They wouldn't wait. They would say, hey, find somebody. What, what do I need to do? What, what do I need to do to go all in? How, how, can, I get, how can I get involved? How can I, get, how can I serve? How can I pour myself out? I want to go all in. And for those that are are needing to realign with your presence. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they are. Let them feel you right now. And God, for those that need to dedicate today and shift their perspective to today, God, I pray that you would just illuminate their thinking. God, give them the keys. Give them the next steps. God, uh, give them eyes to see as you see. Give them patience. God, give them Give them clarity. We love you. We praise you. 
with every head bowed and every eye still closed, there's one last group I wanna talk to, and that's the life God's called you to live, you're missing it. Because if you were really honest with yourself, you don't know him. And it's not about realigning and knowing him better. It's, I, I, don't, I don't have a relationship with him. And that can, that can change right now. God loves you. He planned on you being here today. He saw that you were gonna be in this moment. And so if that's you, I don't have to sell you on it. You already know that that's you. So if that's you, I just want you in your, right there in your seat as you're talking with God, I just want you to tell him, that's me. That's me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Me going all in right now is giving my life to you. And then I'm going to pray for you. And you can literally just repeat this prayer right there where you sit. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender it to you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to live for you. I love you. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, come on, do you receive the word this morning? Hey, can we celebrate all those that made a decision this morning? Come on. Come on, church. You can do better than that. Come on. Amen.